I'm always getting asked, what should I do with my engagement ring? Well, I finally have the answer. Sell it with Worthy. I'm partnering with Worthy so you can turn your wedding jewelry into cash, fast and risk-free. Worthy is great because their competitive auctions ensure you get the best deal possible. Over 45,000 people have already moved on by selling with Worthy. If you're ready to move on from your ring, visit worthy.com moms to get an extra $100 when your jewelry sells for over $1,500. That's worthy.com moms when you're ready to move on. As a strong, independent mother, there is nothing that will get in the way of your child's safety. Soberlink understands the importance of peace of mind when it comes to co-parenting after a divorce. Using the highest quality technology and with features like facial recognition and real-time results, moms like you are empowered with proof that your child is safe. Navigating life post-divorce can be difficult and having a tool like Soberlink allows for one less thing to stress about. I created this community to provide support for divorced moms like me, which is why I partnered with Soberlink to create the resource, Five Ways to Reduce Litigation in Custody Cases. To access the guide and get $50 off your Soberlink device, visit www.soberlink.com forward slash MMO. This week on Moms Moving On. I do a divorce mortgage plan. I mean, it's a, it's their numbers, you know, like we take the emotion out of it and we look at it from a very logical standpoint and they look at the numbers and they say, people think like, oh, this is what my mortgage is. I can handle that. But your mortgage might look very differently, especially if there's a large equity position in the home or you're doing an equity buyout or, you know, the valuation has gone way up and you're having to buy out your spouse from that equity, your mortgage could look very different. Life moves on, so why shouldn't we? This is Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, your host of Moms Moving On, navigating divorce, co-parenting, single motherhood, and moving on. Welcome back, everybody, to another Moms Moving On. I'm really excited today because we're talking about a question I get all the time. I mean, if I had a dollar for every single time I was asked about this question, well, I probably wouldn't need to be on this podcast right now, now would I? We have none other than Tammy Wallensack on with us today, and she is a certified divorce lending professional. I'm going to let her tell you all about what that means, but you're really going to be impressed. And our question today... Who gets to keep the house? Tammy, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Michelle, for having me. I sure appreciate it. It's such a big topic and so much confusion around it. And, um, you know, as far as my backstory, I personally have been divorced and I really understood that there was a big gap between family law and people's marital homes. Um, not really understanding what that process looks like. And there's a lot of emotion tied to the family home. Um, you know, you maybe had parties there, your kids have grown up there, so many things. And most people want to hold on to it. I mean, that's the first thing they're like, I want to keep the house. 
And uh, I, I personally did that as well. And I kind of buried myself in a very large mortgage with a lot of mm-hmm. maintenance and a lot of things that I really couldn't keep control over. And it really made me understand that there's a better way. And that a lot of times it's not about the house. It's about the home with your children. And if you're stressed around a big mortgage and a lot of payments for for maintenance items and a lot of things like that, then your kids really feel that. So um, once I kind of wrapped my brain around it, it wasn't the house necessarily. It was what I was the support that I was giving my kids, the love, you know, making sure they felt safe um, and all those things. Then, um, and I downsized and sold my marital home. Then I was like, oh, this is, this is really important. This is an important message. And being in the mortgage business that really kind of resonated with me that that could be a really good message to tell a lot of divorcing couples that, you know, you have a house where two people are making the payments and keeping track of all the maintenance and everything. Now you're going down to one. It's a, it's a lot. So mm-hmm. that's kind of where, why I decided to do what I do. So what exactly is a certified divorce lending professional? Because I don't know that most people have heard of this. I think it's a really cool little niche considering it's so needed. Yeah, that's a great question. So we like to say we help divorcing homeowners make better um, solutions with their home equity. Um, So we do divorce mortgage planning. So rather than a typical mortgage lender, if you call up a mortgage lender while you're going through a divorce, they'll tell you, sorry, I can't really help you call me after your divorce is final and give me your settlement agreement to whatever you've just, you know, whatever you've negotiated and we'll see what we can do. Um, I'm a divorce mortgage planner. So I help people before they sign their settlement agreement and I come up with solutions for them and I work with their divorce team to help them understand the process and what they're truly signing up for and give them options. Um, And a lot of times, you know, sometimes we tweak things or change things a little bit or help them understand, um, say that you're a stay at home mom and you haven't worked out um, in the, you know, you haven't been in the workforce for a long time and you're just going, going back into the workforce. There's certain guidelines that in the mortgage industry, you have to meet certain timelines and there's a lot of rules around it. So you need to make sure you understand what those rules are so that you can, it could be written in the settlement agreement so that you can have a better outcome. Wow. Things I didn't even realize. I mean, that's, yeah. this is something that would probably be the last thing that people really consider. For example, when clients come to me, it's, well, I mean, my kids are comfortable in this house. I'm not leaving this house. And then I'm like, okay, well, let's unpack that because what are your bills? What are your expenses? What's your maintenance? What, you know, and then once you get down to the nitty gritty, it's like, oh, well, maybe I can't keep the house. Right. (laughs) All the time happens, all the time. Once I spell it out and it's in black and white, I do a divorce mortgage plan. I mean, it's a, it, they're numbers, you know, like we take the emotion out of it and we look at it from a very logical standpoint and they look at the numbers and they say, people think like, oh, this is what my mortgage is. I can handle that. But your mortgage might look very differently, especially if there's a large equity position in the home or you're doing an equity buyout. 
or, you know, the valuation has gone way up and um, you're having to buy out your spouse from that equity, your mortgage could look very different. Rates are very, could be very different from the rate that you have. I mean, the market is way up over um, the last year considered from where it was. Most people refinanced, you know, in the pandemic uh, when rates were really low. Mm-hmm. So you might have a really low interest rate um, on the home, but now if you're having to refinance, you're having to refinance in the current market. So that mortgage could look very different. That payment could look very different. Yeah. Well, and you said something in the beginning that was really, it, it resonated. Moms, you know, getting being attached to what went on in the home. And I think for a lot of people, you know, whether it was the raising of the children or the events. Um, for a lot of people, it's it's an emotional thing to hang on to while their world is crumbling around them. It's, you know, at least let me have this one thing. So I yeah. wonder, I know, I know from where I sit and working with clients, it's always having to disconnect from the emotional attachment. Do you have to do a lot of that on your end as well? Yes, I have to really try to get people to understand that. It's not about, and I, you know, a lot of times, and I'm sure you do as well, Michelle, there, there's, you know, just ha- letting them tell you what really is they're truly holding on to with that house, um, having those conversations and being empathetic about it and saying, I completely understand what you're coming from, but let's look at the the reality of what it is and what you're really signing up for and making sure that makes uh, good sense for your future. Cause it's not about just getting to the settlement and like signing the dotted line. It's about what your new future is going to look like. You know, you have a, a whole new chapter ahead of you and you want that to be something where you feel at peace you know, uh, somewhat, you know, it's going to be rocky, of course, and you're going to go through a lot of emotion, but the end result is you have a new life to look um, forward to. So you want that to look as easy and as um, non-stressful as possible. Right. And you said something also that makes a lot of sense, you know, being a single parent is stressful in itself. And then if you're going to take on all of this financial responsibility and physical responsibility to run a house and, you know, managing the landscapers and the leaks and all of the things like that is just added stress that nobody needs and would inevitably bleed out into every part of your life. Yeah. I realized that myself. I mean, that was exactly what happened to me. I was like, maybe I could carry the mortgage payment. Maybe that wasn't so stressful, but just oh my gosh, cleaning this house and I just clean one area and then the other, you know, like with kids, it's just like a nonstop and you're trying to have somewhat of a life yourself, you know, and um, you're just trying to manage it and being wearing all the hats now that you used to divide um, can be very stressful. So kind of unpacking what that looks like to keep it. I mean, sometimes people have, I just spoke with a woman a week ago, she has a pool in her backyard, you know, a lot of things. Of course, she wants to keep it for the kids. They love the pool, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, it's like, okay, well, there's more maintenance and there's more things you have to take care of. And, you know, sometimes it it is, it is about uh, making sure mom can handle everything so that it bleeds through to the kids. It told, you know, the kids feel that stress, (laughs) whether or not you're trying to do the best thing for them, what you feel like is the best thing. 
they feel that pressure and that stress that you're going to be under. And it's, sometimes when mom's calm, it's a better thing. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I remember very vividly. I mean, I have very few and far between memories of my childhood, but very vividly remember my mom on the roof of our house because we had this like incessant issue with this leak that never went away. And one day just uh. like getting on the roof herself. And I'm like, Mom, what are you uh, doing? Like, and and I just, I, I remember thinking even as a child, why are we still in this house? Like there was always an issue. It was a beautiful home, but it was big and it was old. And yeah. I just couldn't understand, you know, why we wouldn't just go somewhere else. And yeah, moms get very stuck on this idea on, on the co-parenting side of things, or when it comes to raising children that the more we can keep the same for the kids, the better. And in some instances, that's true. Consistency is great for children. But if it's going to be to the detriment of your like emotional, mental, physical, financial well-being, it, it it's worth a change. They're calling it the Bible for all divorcing moms. I can't believe it, but that's what they've said about my book, Moms Moving On, Real Life Advice on Conquering Divorce, Co-Parenting Through Conflict, and Becoming Your Best Self. Moms Moving On is filled with practical, actionable, and empowering advice from someone who's been through it and come out on the other side, me. Through inspirational stories, rituals, journal prompts, and my guidance, you'll learn how to navigate your divorce with confidence, adjust to life as a single mom, shift your perspective to find your way back to your best self and create the life you truly deserve. It's available in paperback, hardcover, audiobook, and Kindle. So go get my book. I promise you won't regret it. So in your professional opinion, what are the top three things to consider when you are deciding whether or not to fight for the house, keep the house, aim for the house as a goal in your settlement? Yeah, well, sometimes people give up a lot to keep the house. I mean, they're thinking they're winning something. First of all, there's no winning in divorce. We both know that, right? Mm -hmm. You're really having to negotiate and give up something in order to keep that house a lot of times because... Um, most of the time there's equity in the home and equity, what equity is, it's from, you know, what the balance of the mortgage is to the value of the home um, and the valuation of a lot of homes across the United States has gone way up over the last couple of years. So whatever that difference is, half of that is typically yours. Half of that is your spouse's. So something needs to happen there. Right. Um, so I can, you know, one of the biggest things that I tell people is if there's a marital home involved, talk to a professional and come up with the black and white options of what that looks like. So you can go into your negotiations with a better understanding of really what you're giving up. If there's equity in the home and you're giving up maybe a retirement account to keep it, that might not be a good solution for you, you know, or liquid cash. Maybe you're giving up liquid cash somewhere else to, you know, keep the equity in the home. Well, you know, there's a lot of things involved with even the sale of a home. If you sell a home while you're married, 
during the process, then you're both paying for the cost of the sale. There's a big cost to selling a home. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of people don't take that into consideration. They're like, I just want to keep the house for a year or two until my kids get out of high school. Well, okay, great. But that means that all the costs of the sale are going to be on you because you're going to be the sole owner of that house. Oh, Oh, I didn't know. So you're giving up, you know, your equity, you're paying out your spouse and then you're paying all the costs in a couple of years, you know, a couple of years goes by in a blink of an eye. It does. And and what you said, there really is no winning. So while you may be, you know, like you have your teeth sunk into this idea that if you get the house, you've won, there's always another side to that. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. And it's not, you're not winning like this giant asset that unless, you know, really there's no mortgage and you're, you know, like not having to pay out anything on the home. I mean, you really need to look at what the, what the choices are and in black and white and say, okay, this is what it looks like for this. This is what it looks like for this. And this is what it looks like for this. Now I can go in and talk intelligently about whether or not I want to keep the house and or sell the house and take my equity and maybe buy a smaller home or take my equity out and maybe rent for a, a year to get my feet like planted on, mm-hmm. you know, kind of what my new life is going to look like. Mm-hmm. So, you know, don't rule out any options because um, and don't, you know, get stuck somewhere that you might not be aware of really what you're fighting for. Yeah. So what else do we need to consider in this quest for the house? Well, that your mortgage payment uh, isn't going to look like your mortgage payment is today. It 100% is going to look very different. And most of the time in most settlement agreements, um, there's a clause that says that you're going to have to refinance the home in your own name. That means you're going to have to qualify for the house. So, you know, making sure that you know what that new payment's going to look like, even if it's going to be a projected time. Um, And we can't predict what the market's going to do, but um, you can give some good assessments of that. Um, And the maintenance items on the house, I think that's another thing. If you're going to stand firm and say, I'm going to keep the house, like in your situation with your mom, if she, you know, did a, a... an actual look at it like you're buying a new asset and get a home inspection done on the house. Take a look at it and see like a a lot of times, you know, you live (laughs) in a house and you don't even pay attention that there's a watermark on the ceiling because you've seen it so many times you don't even see it anymore. And, um, you know, get a, get in a home inspection. It's a few hundred dollars, maybe four or $500 across the country somebody comes in and they look at the plumbing and the electrical and the roof and all the things. So you know what's going on with that house and you could either use it as a negotiation or you can at least understand what's going to come up. Maybe you need a new roof in a couple of years. That's a, that's a big shocker. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That would, that would not get anybody over. Um, Do you think that there are any instances in which keeping the house is a benefit. Yeah, I think that, you know, sometimes keeping the house, if you can qualify to keep it and the mortgage payment feels realistic to you and there's really nothing out in the marketplace that you'd rather go buy other than living in your house, 
then that's a whole different story, right? But at least you ha- you're uh, making better informed decisions around that house. So, you know, sometimes it works out well and you can do it and you can handle the mortgage payment and it feels, um, you know, reasonable for you and doesn't stress you out. Then that might be a really good solution is to keep them to marital home. So it's not like you shouldn't keep the marital home. It's just that making, knowing what those um, options are is um, really the key. So had it in, in your situation, obviously you're informed in a different way than the average person going through divorce. Um, was it a tough decision for you personally to give up the marital home and downsize? Yes, I was completely stressed by it. And I tell women all the time to, I remember the day, I mean, you pack up everything out of your marital home and you're walking out now of an empty home, you're looking around and you've probably given away a lot of things. I had to give away so much stuff that was like packed in my basement and stuff like that. It's a very emotional time, but it was also very freeing, you know, when I, when I did it and, and realized like, okay, this is kind of the new, my new, my new chapter. And my, my kids were young at the time. I mean, I had to put them in uh, kind of uh, bunk beds, you know, and we downsized quite a bit. And, but that was for a short period of time. And then, you know, I ended up buying another house, but it was a much smaller house um, in a, in the same area. Um, so it was definitely a transition and it was very emotional and it wasn't something that I can say was easy, but once I did it and now looking back, I'm like, so glad I did it because you know, it just was the best thing for me and my financial picture to do. Yeah. And, and I want to go back to what you said about the house, not being like the actual house, not being the thing that matters. It's the way you create your home. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I also downsized, um, yeah. sold a big, you know, 3000 square foot home and went into this like teeny tiny townhouse with my daughter when I got separated. Yeah. My memories from that experience, that that space that her and I shared together by ourselves are so special. Like, yeah, I will never forget just, you know, having the time alone with her and, and yeah. decorating the home the way we wanted to and waking up every day feeling free in a lot of ways. And without yeah. the burden of a mortgage was pretty amazing too. At that time I was renting and, mm-hmm. um, and, and you can't put a price on that, you know? Yeah, totally. And I did the same thing uh, with my kids. You know, it was a very much smaller home. And we, you know, I, I let them, let's decorate your rooms the way you wanted. What what color do you want the walls? Mm-hmm. You know, what theme do you want? Let's make it like your space. Let's make it. Yes, it's a very much smaller space than the house that we had before. You don't have the big giant basement that we had or whatever, but I tried to make different spaces within a smaller space set up for them so that they felt safe and that they felt like they had their own place to go to and, you know, have some, um, some peace and some solitude if they needed it. Um, But yeah, and it was, and then I kind of got excited about it. Like I could have whatever comforter I want. <laughs> I, Tammy, it's so funny. One of the first, I, I made two major purchases after I, I split and I was in my townhome. One of them being yeah. this like obnoxiously like feminine 
uh, yeah. quilt from some, I don't know, online retailer, like in, in, um, India, where it was like this, just like loud, beautiful print. And, and, and I remember ordering it thinking, God, my ex would hate this. And I just felt like so empowered to order it and, and a blue velvet couch that I, I just, just because like, why not? Yeah. This is my space now. Like I really, that part of it was a lot of fun. And I think uh-huh. in me having that fun with it, it became a great, safe, fun place for my daughter and I. So it wasn't about yeah. the size of the house or the memories in the house, but what we made of it yeah. in this new chapter. And new memories, you know, new new things that you do, like even over the holidays and stuff, making new you know, things that you'll continue to do that are going to be memories for your kids, you know, because they, that making memories is really what it's about with them. And if they can make memories with you and you're like calm and peaceful and happy and joyful and fun and, you know, all the things, because you're not all stressed out and strung out about so many things, that's what they're going to remember. Absolutely. Um, just like my mom's memory, my memory of my mom on the roof, you know, yeah. like I'll, I'm so <laughs> traumatized by that. Um, anyway, yeah. this was so insightful. And I think the work Good. that you do is so important. I know you mentioned you're based in Chicago, but you are yeah. able yeah. to help people all over. All across the country. Yep. Um, my website is take or leave the house.com and That's people awesome. can schedule a, a console free consultation. I should mention that my services are complimentary. I am a mortgage lender, so I help people with this whole process. I do not charge for my services. I give them all the information. And then if there's um, a transaction, if they end up refinancing or purchasing a new home, then I just hope to be considered for it. But I do it because I feel like it's really giving people really good information and it always comes back around. So that's incredible. Good for you. Thank you so yeah. much for taking the of time course. today. I'm sure this is yeah. a very busy time of year for you, as I know yeah, it is. Spring, spring market. People are really yeah, kind of yeah. Uh, heating up. The market's heating up. Rates are slowly um, coming down, which is really uh, a positive thing for the new year. So, well, we wish you all the best. And everybody listening, if you have questions, I highly suggest you take advantage of a consultation with Tammy, getting educated, even if it means, you know, you don't make a move for another couple of years, at least you know what to expect. That is really so much of the battle. Thank you so much for being here. We will see you next time on Moms Moving On. So you want to be a divorce coach, but the term divorce coach is a broad one because there is just so much you can cover in the world of moving on. Maybe you find yourself gravitating towards clients with high-conflict co-parents, or perhaps you have a knack for helping women pull themselves out of bed when they feel overwhelmed with single mom responsibilities. No matter your ideal client, the one thread that will unite them all is that they're moms, and moms need a different level of support when it comes to divorce coaching. With my Moving On Method, you'll not only learn how to best support a client through their divorce, you'll also learn how to help support them as they transition into their new role as co-parents and managing a coaching business. I'm Michelle Dempsey-Maltak, Certified Divorce and Co-Parenting Specialist, and I founded the Moving On Method after years of working with clients from all over the world and seeing them all struggle with the same issues. In this training, you'll learn my five principles for helping a client with their moving on process, along with how to make your practice successful. Visit momsmovingon.com today 
to apply for my program. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Moms Moving On. I hope you found today's episode to be helpful, inspiring, and give you the advice you need to feel empowered and strong as you move on. Don't forget to come say hi on Instagram at the Michelle Dempsey and drop us a line if there's a specific topic or subject you'd like us to discuss. Thanks. Stay strong.